Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of Theme Park the Movie. I'm your host, Travis Kirkland. Ooh, an exciting time. Uh, it's, it, this is the debut episode of this show and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the fun that we'll be having. Uh, if you recognize either my name or my voice, you might remember me from another podcast called Monster Island Commentaries. And on that show, I talk about monster movies and kaiju movies. Uh, but if you don't remember me from that at all, and I'm completely new to you, hello! Hi! You, you doing good today? Good! Or, if not good, I hope it, your day gets better. Uh, but anyway, I should actually talk about the premise of this show, uh, in case... Uh, I need to do any further explanation. Yeah, I am a big fan of movies, and I am also a big fan of theme parks. And the funny thing is, is that those two worlds often intersect with each other. Many popular movies end up having theme park attractions, and many theme park attractions uh, can become movies. And uh, we're here to see you know, what that intersectionality is, how one can relate to the other, how one medium uh, fares better than the other when it comes to certain properties and IPs. And, you know, I'm just here to talk about two, the you know, the two loves of my life, movies and theme parks. Uh, I have no other loves. Uh, nothing else can can fill the love in my life that, that the silver screen and the theme parks can fill. Uh, but look, I am not doing this alone. I am doing it with a wonderful selection of guests. And uh, we are going to have a fun time discussing our favorite movies and our favorite theme park attractions. And uh, there's, I'm looking forward to it. There's, there's a lot of fun guests that are coming up soon in the upcoming episodes that I can't wait for y'all to listen to and... Yeah, again, I know I'm probably overusing the word fun, but that's the that's that's the tone I really want to set. That I want this to be just a, a good old fun time, and I honestly can't think of a better guest to kick off this fun old time with than Tracy Malaby, who is not only a friend of mine, but Tracy Malaby is one of the co-hosts of the podcast, the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. The longest-running podcast centered on Universal Orlando Resort. No joke, no joke. That is not any... That's no hype. That is the facts. And uh, we are talking about Jaws, that big old shark in the movie that launched the career of Jaws. If we're talking about Jaws as a, as a celebrity. But uh, yeah, we're talking about the incredibly popular Jaws movie and also its uh, spinoff attraction, Jaws the Ride. Uh, look, we're gonna go deep in the water, go, go in with, uh, the biggest boat we can, even though you're not supposed to sink into the water with boats, that's why you get a sub. Look, I'm not good at metaphors, so let's go ahead and stop this tortured metaphor now, and let's get into the conversation with Tracy Malaby, so let's go ahead and ride the movie.
Listeners of the podcast, please welcome Tracy Malaby. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome, dear. Thanks this for is, having me. Yeah, I appreciate you having having you on. And uh, we talked about this a little bit before we hit with the record button. But uh, when I was first coming up with the idea for this podcast, uh, you were the first one that I thought of as a guest. I wanted you here <laughs> to be the inaugural guest. Yay! I was going to call you a crazy fool, but... I would. Well, we can be crazy so. fools together, at least. Yes, absolutely. We, can... we always are. We get together, so Indeed. why change anything? <laughs> Look, if 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 every if everything goes wrong, we will both go down with the sinking ship together. You know, it's fine. exactly laughing like think... lunatics. Exactly, and I think sinking yeah. ship would definitely appropriate for the well. topic. But uh, before we get into that. Uh, in my intro, I did mention that you are one of the co-hosts for no hyperbole or no quali- or any other type of distinctions, but you are one of the co-hosts of the longest-running Universal Orlando podcast, uh, you know, appropriately titled the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. Over 10 years running. Yep. yep. It's a bit of a surprise to us as well. <laughs> so- and and yeah. we should yeah and we should uh, just to make this distinction even more clear. So not only are you the longest running Universal podcast, but I yeah. believe you started up even before the opening of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Correct? We did. We did. Yes. Yep. Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm trying to think how many years before that. Two, so Wizarding two, World three maybe. Yeah, so it's crazy because I I don't think you guys necessarily planned it, but you basically started up your podcast at a very opportune moment to then see everything grow. Yeah, it was serendipitous to use a big word. (laughs) Ooh, serendipitous Uh, indeed. Yes. When you when you talk on the mic for so long, you you pick up the big words, you know, (laughs) (laughs) something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, how does it feel to be a co-host of a project for this long and also just to see uh, your favorite theme park, Universal Orlando, to see it grow at, for all this decade plus time? Well, first of all, it's been exhausting. Um, but no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it, we're really proud of it. Um, a lot of people already know, um, obviously you know, that we we started off just doing it for a, a bit of a giggle for ourselves. Thought we'd be going for maybe twelve episodes, if that. And then suddenly we were celebrating a year. We couldn't believe it. We had other co-hosts, and as you say, we've grown alongside the parks as well. And suddenly, have hit ten years in April was phenomenal, and that sense of accomplishment. And the fact that we've we've grown a community as well as as a show, we we say we don't have listeners, we're just a family, and that's really how it feels, and that's that's what we're proudest of, I think, the fact that we've grown a nice little community as well, who all share the same love. I think that is very distinctive of your podcast. I've been a long time listener, and I think that is <clears throat> excuse me, I think that is what is distinctive about your particular show. It does feel very friendly and inclusive excuse me everybody i just had a big lunch 
before we got on the mic. So this is very bad that you're going to hear me, uh, you know, with various stomach ailments on the mic. This is completely unprofessional for a premiere episode. Well, that's, that's normally what Lee has to edit out of our show because that's usually me. Look, so, look, burps and all, good, we're going to keep this all in. Oh, you're in good company. It's fine. <laughs> if, if this, if the show becomes so successful, we're just going to have the all burps episode, all burping, you know, all the time. Hey, I'm sure there's an audience for it. <laughs> but uh, I want to get. <laughs> oh, I hope there's an. I hope there's an audience for this. I hope we still have an audience at this point. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into a topic, I do want to yeah. bring up though. Before bringing up the silliness, that I do think that is something that makes you guys mm. distinct with your podcast is that it does feel very inclusive. It feels very friendly. Almost yeah. anybody can jump on board. Whereas, mm-hmm. not to get into the weeds about this, but you know, mm. nowadays there are so many different theme park podcasts, theme park vlogs, yeah. theme park this, theme park that. And some of them have, I will just say, distinct tones, mm-hmm. and, to put it lightly. But yeah. what makes uh, your show just a, a pleasure to listen to is that there is not, it doesn't feel like it's very judgmental of anyone's no. interest. And yep. uh, there, there, there isn't like a sense of gatekeeping. There isn't a sense that, well, if you're really a fan, we're, we're going to have to school you about this or we're going to yeah. have to shut down you at this no. level or whatever. It, it feels just like, hey, you like this? Oh, come on, let's have a good old time. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. We want our listeners to feel like they're just popping in for a coffee kind yeah. of thing you know or, or you know coming over for a beer it's just friends getting together and having a good chat about things that we love and yeah i mean you'll have heard if if lee ever is wrong which is often i do tell him <laughs> so <laughs> but i think people like that as well that we're ourselves there's no personas what you hear is just us and we're like this in real life and people who've met us have seen that this is what we're like anyway so just come along and join the fun yeah, that's wonderful, and uh, I think we're going to carry that tone over to tonight's topic, today's topic, so. whenever you're listening to this. Mm. So uh, we will be talking about the aforementioned Jaws, both the movie yes. and the theme park attraction, mm-hmm. uh, but let's start at the beginning. So let's start with the motion picture Jaws. AKA the best movie in the world ever. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. This is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. 
And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. are dealing with here is a perfect engine uh an eating machine we're not only going to have to close the beach we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark bad fish but i'll catch him and kill him did you hear your father out of the water now this shark swallow you whole you're going to need a bigger boat that's a 20 footer 25 three tons of them He's coming straight for us. Don't screw it up now. Don't wait for me. Now! Shoot! Watch the tail! Give him room! They can't! He's trying to run! Oh! Come quick! I can't hold it! None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. Jaws, directed by Steven Spielberg and based on the 1974 novel of the same name by Peter Benchley, was released on June 20th, 1975. It stars Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, Lorraine Gary, Murray Hamilton, and many others. It also became the highest grossing film of all time until the release of Star Wars in 1977. Uh, but like you said, for you and many other people, it you all, so many people consider this the greatest movie of all time so it's not like i had to really do that type of introduction tell you the listener what jaws is you pretty even if you haven't seen the movie i'm sure you have some idea of what jaws is that's how prevalent it is within the pop culture landscape but let's take it back to just the one single motion picture that started it all uh so tracy mm. what were your first either do you remember either the first time you saw Jaws or your first distinct memories of Jaws? Oh, I do. I do. And I still don't let my brother live it down. Oh. Um, yeah. Now, interestingly, um, little side note, interestingly, so Jaws was released in my birth year and Star Wars was released in my brother's birth year. Interesting. So my brother and Star Wars are the usurpers. Ooh, so, wow. uh, yeah, it's evil afoot. That... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, my my mother was much like me with my kids. 
kind of, you know, you judge your kids and push their boundaries a little bit. Not too much. You don't want to terrify them. But, you know, push the comfort zones a bit so you don't have soft kids, as my mum used to say. <laughs> and um, so I can remember us watching Jaws. So my brother will be... Ooh. This is the first time I remember seeing it. He will have been about maybe three and a half, four. So we'll maybe talk 1980, 1981. Okay. And we're watching the movie. And there's the part where the head comes out of the hall in the bottom of the uh, bed gardener's boat. Oh, yeah. My brother, I won't swear may have had an accident in his underwear. <laughs> he had he'd done that thing that kids do where the feet come up and they crawl backwards up the sofa. <laughs> he, f- he fell off the back of the chair, off the sofa, and didn't come out for the rest of the movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that might have been the moment I fell in love with the movie. <laughs> so... When it, when, when it could cause such a re- reaction with your little sibling, you knew yes. this was the movie for you. Yes, yes. And, it, you know, sibling trauma, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, though. When you mentioned that, uh, when you mentioned that it's kind of a movie where you can be scared but not necessarily traumatized, although I guess it did traumatize your brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> but I though I though I think that is correct in your in you talking about it and why it has such a mass appeal that I think mm. it has that great uh, almost a theme park kind of energy to it that it is definitely yes. scary in part but you are not yeah. ever like so like disabled from being terrified from it for the majority of its runtime. You yep. are just having so much fun and you're engaged with it. And, and like, in yeah, it's kind of like almost like a a stepping stone to like horror movies or other more intense stuff, you know? Yes. Yeah. And you know me. I love horror movies and anything like was that. There, so. Was there a, was there a, uh, was, I mean, you, you talked about your uh, brother having that reaction. Was mm. there a part that uh, really scared you when you were younger or a part that kind of, Made you uh, be a little tense? I mean, that part with the head popping out the boat, that was always, I would brace myself for that bit. Um, Is that the part where where Rorschach's chum in the waters and then just a whoop? um, It's it's when, oh, my brain's just given up on me. Um, Richard Dreyfuss's character. Oh, my goodness, why have I forgotten his name? Hooper. yeah. Oh, the Ben Gardner. Oh, the Ben Gardner. But, head. Yes, okay. so when he that dives head. Okay. down and the head yes. pops when he's digging the the tooth out and yeah, yeah, but yeah. that that I, because I within two years I had seen that movie so many times I knew it that my feet would already be drawn up in anticipation of that part. <laughs> it, it is like the it is like the most it is the most like haunted house like uh, yeah. moment of the movie because it's like dark and scary and then like it's just a corpse popping its head out and like there's like there's these like weird like screams on the film score and whatnot like it is the most horror movie moment of that movie i I think you're right um and i don't know what this says about me but even from being a small child the disappearance of the dog affected me more than the disappearance of any of the people (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, dogs are innocent. Dog, dogs exactly. don't know any better. You I know, mean, Alex Kidd was probably being rude to the shark. I don't know. You don't know. I mean, he he seems to be he uh, when when you see that shot from below him, he seems to be kicking about rather violently. So he, he was probably yeah, like Alex. really, you know, kicking at the shark's nose. Probably maybe exactly. that was the, like maybe <laughs> maybe the shark was just swimming by, just mind its own business, and then suddenly. Kittner is just like bang, 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 bang. It's like, hey, I don't like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite you now. Exactly. And then the poor dog got it. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> dog. R.I.P. Yeah. Poor you dog. know what the scariest moment for me is? Yeah. In Jaws, and it's a moment that I don't think anyone really talks about. Um, even though there are so many memorable moments to talk mm. about this movie, but it's the moment. It's right after it's right after Robert Shaw gets killed so uh-huh. so Roy Scheider is going back into the cabin of the boat of the orca yeah. and then there's a shot where Roy Scheider passes by the window and then the shark just breaks right through the window yeah that always really terrified me it still kind of makes me tense to this day because I, I it feels like there's an artifice or like some type of protection that mm-hmm. I, almost like like when you watch a movie uh even you if you're scared by something in a movie the fact that it's on mm-hmm. like a movie screen or a tv screen that's kind of like oh that's your protection that's there yes and it, and it feels like him just breaking the window and, and going mm-hmm. straight to the camera it feels like it's really breaking that protective barrier in a very sudden, unexpected moment. You know, that always just yeah. kind of got me like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the shark <laughs> being that close up to me, you know. <laughs> it That point also drives it home that it isn't just random. That shark is hunting and he is the prey. And well, yeah. everybody on that on the orca is the prey. It, it really drives it home that these sharks may be mindless killing machines but this one's got an agenda yeah it's uh actually do you uh, i i i i want to briefly bring this up mm. uh okay so uh i don't want to talk too much about the sequels too much because i want to focus on the main film yeah um, to be honest i don't watch the sequels <laughs> but you've seen the sequels at some points okay. yes um so, do you know this trivia note about Jaws the Revenge? Uh, this trivia note uh, is that it's never mentioned in the movie and never mentioned in any of the other movies, but when they released the novelization of Jaws the Revenge, mm. it added a backstory to why uh, to why the Brody family seems to be constantly harassed by sharks. And it is because uh, in the past, before the events of the first Jaws movie, the Brody family took a vacation to the Caribbean and they okay. somehow crossed a witch doctor. And <sighs> because the witch doctor uh, was crossed, the witch doctor cursed the Brody family so that they would constantly be haunted and attacked by sharks. Wow. So, so wow. So it, it almost like how you learn in the Star Wars prequels how the force is really <laughs> midichlorians in your bloodstream. 
if you were ever wondering why the shark seems to be, you know, hunting Amity Island so much, it is all because of a witch doctor. Well, I'm not quite sure what to do with that information. <laughs> I mean, come on, doesn't that make the movie even better for you now that there's a witch doctor puppeteering everything? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it could get any... I don't even know what that word is. But it's more. Because <laughs> it, here's the funny thing. I don't think we ever needed a reason why the shark attacks needed to be explained. But then the fact that the most plausible explanation they could come up with was a witch doctor of all things. It, it's a, it's a oh, two-step naturally. process. It's a two-step process where I'm not sure what that process is. Uh, answers on a postcard? <laughs> <laughs> And there's me, my biggest problem with Jaws of Revenge. Okay. Was it, jo- jo- was, that, was it Jaws of Revenge? Was that the shark would have had to have crossed through waters that it wouldn't have survived to get to yes, that place. Yes, yes, and that yes. was my biggest problem before, but, you know, witch doctor, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a, if Pardon it's a the super... pun, but that blows it out the water. If it's a supernatural, <laughs> if it's a supernatural <laughs> you know, powered shark, then... Well, of, of course, course it can do anything. But look, let's forget all about that nonsense. <laughs> let's go back to the classic <laughs> 1975 movie. Uh, yes. You know, uh, what? Uh, aside from all the shark business and all the scary business, mm. um, it has just a really terrific cast. It has really yes. terrific performances. Do you have a favorite uh, actor or a favorite performance among the uh, people who you see in Jaws? I do. I always enjoy Richard Dreyfus when he's on screen, mm-hmm. um, especially when, especially when he's hamming it up. Just not too much, um, not Robert Shaw style when he's getting eaten, because that is just pure ham. It's amazing. You really, you, really, you think that's pure ham? Him going ah! Oh, it's, oh, it's yeah. Oh, I love it. It's just <laughs> it's so. And, and he's a classic actor, you yeah. know. But that that point is just so bad. It's good. Yeah. And it's... Well, so, yeah. Well, supposedly during most of the making of the movie, he was drunk. So maybe that was yes. just him just going like, whatever, I'm just going to flail around and scream. Well, I'm I'm not sure how true it is, um, but apparently him singing, a, he, he sang a lot on set. And him singing um, Farewell to the Jew was yes. impromptu. And they just kept it. And that I think sense. it works amazingly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So then it was the same with the uh, the scene when they're singing at night inside the orca after sharing all the scars. Yeah, that was another apparently another impromptu. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, scene. Um, Cooper's really yeah. good though. Dreyfus is really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of his anywhere. Um, but there's there's points that you can see he's actually taking this really seriously, mm-hmm. and and there's. There's times when his exasperation, especially like at, at the mayor and the other fishermen, he's like, well, you're all going to die. And he's just walking away. And it's just, you feel it because in that situation, a person would be like that. They'd be just like, well, there's no, no talking to you, so I'm off. But he yeah. does, he encompasses his role. Um, yeah. Have you ever read the book? I've uh, never read the book, no. Do it's very different 
and I've heard, yeah, I've heard of these differences between the movie and the, yeah. and the Peter Benchley novel, yeah. Where it's... I guess uh, Hooper actually has an affair yes. with uh, Brody's wife. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Sometimes I feel that that's <sighs> not acted out in the movie, and I don't, maybe I'm projecting because I, I I know about I know the book well as as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's times when they're almost too familiar for people who should be strangers. There's something like maybe in the margins that you can yeah look at. yeah hmm. maybe the backstory's there and the actors know that. That's true. That's true. You know, um, so it, maybe it's just implied. Yeah, it definitely um, sounds like in yeah. the novel that the main characters are way less sympathetic than you see them in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Like everyone's um, just sort of a very varying levels of being an SOB or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose for some of Blockbuster, they had to keep it light. If we could talk about shark attacks being light. <laughs> Look, if it's a light shark attack, you know, a, a nibble on the ankle, then, you know, you don't have to close down the beach or anything. That, right. I have a problem with this. Okay. So. Brody wants to close down the beaches. Sure. The mayor doesn't. It's the 4th of July. It's the biggest weekend trade-wise. Okay. We don't have to close down the beaches. Just don't let anybody in the water. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. nobody think of that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess they kind of do that... Um, they do kind of do that, right? Because there's that uh, after uh, after the Ben Gardner scene. I guess mm-hmm. they show them they show that the beaches are open, but that nobody it does go into the ocean until Mayor Vaughn kind of persuades that yes. one family to go in, and then that kind of starts the ripple effect of everybody yep. going in. Yeah, um, yeah. I <laughs> oh, that's you know that's very true, and because. If you think about it, how many people go to the beach uh, to just go tanning or just to enjoy the exactly. uh, sea? Are you here's a yep. here's maybe an off-topic hmm. thing. Are you a beach person? Um, I have a bit of a sand phobia. So really? speaking of Star yep. Wars, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> what's your what's what, what's um, the without you being too creeped mm. out what's the sane phobia for you um it's it's a really weird thing i had um i had i had an issue uh, almost a breakdown if you like um or oh, 12 or so years ago mm-hmm. um and came, i came out of that with a few anxiety issues and one of them's textures and it's just okay. the, the feel of if it's hard pack sand, I'm fine. But it's that real mm-hmm. soft, fine stuff that ends the shoe. Sorry, I'm going all. Mm. Uh, it just yeah. makes me feel creeped out. Mm. I'm trying mm. to work on it because I do like the beach and I love the coast. But you're um, what you what you need to what anytime you go to the beach, you should just request like, look, leave uh, your your husband and your co-host like leave. Yes. you have to wet down this sand before I take one <laughs> foot on it. <laughs> or even better, piggyback me. Hey, exactly. Yeah. But I'm quite happy to go in the water. Sharks don't scare me. Sand does. 
I, that sums me up. I can I can almost imagine you comically like like making a sprint over loose sand just to get into the water. Basically, like you hate it that much that so you're like ah, and then splash. Have you been spying on me? <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Let's stop. Stop. Let's stop talking about spying and sand and everything. Uh, I want to say that my personal favorite performance from this movie mm. is Roy Scheider as as Chief yeah. Brody. Uh, he really is our protagonist, and he really yes. is the heart of the movie. And mm-hmm. what I like about his performance is that. I think one of the hardest types of characters that any actor has to pull off is just being like a normal, nice, decent person. Yes. Um, Especially in a movie like this where like your other two leads are Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss. And they have these, you know, much more bigger characters, like bigger personalities to play off of like this, this ocean nerd and this, you know, salty seaman and whatnot, like, you know, those, you know, you can see Dreyfus and Shaw really digging into those and really kind of yeah. being really colorful in their performance. Yes. Wonderfully colorful. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, Scheider just has to be like, look, I'm just a normal guy who doesn't really have the best footing on how to handle this situation. And yeah. how do I, you know, I, how do I not get, you know, drowned out by these other bigger performances? Yeah. And he's so wonderful, I think. He's a mm-hmm. guy who you sort of, you are totally sympathetic with, mm-hmm. and you're with him. Like, when, yes. like, like, he, like, he's our audience surrogate, and it's, and you, and I think it's very interesting to look at his character arc, because in his character arc, isn't just like defeating the shark. Like it isn't just like, oh, this is the problem of the movie yeah. and I have to defeat it. It is almost like him trying to really solidify his place in Amity because yes. like it, it's all yeah. about, oh, because in the first act of the movie, it's all like, oh, you know, oh, chief, you're not really an islander. You know, you're from New York. You're a city guy. Uh-huh. You're just here and you're not really, you know, part of the islander life. And then later when they get on the ocean, he's also you know, not, he's kind of, he's also displaced there because you have, you know, both uh, Quint and Hooper being much more, you know, much more tuned to the ocean and what it's like. And he's, again, so he's really, throughout this whole movie, he's really like a man without a proper place. And the whole movie is him rightfully reclaiming that place. Like him blowing up the shark at the end isn't just like, you know, mm-hmm. the triumphant moment of the movie that we're watching. It's really the triumphant moment for him when he is like, yes, I have finally sort of claimed my spot that I deserve to be here in this yeah. place. And I, I think yeah. that's a, it's in a way, you know, kind of understated, but in many ways, uh, kind of difficult. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I, yeah that, that that's why I love. Uh, I mean, Scheider's just a great actor in general, but mm-hmm. that's why I love yes. him in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's very much the the anchor of pardon the certain term, the pun. Um, hey. He he is the anchor of the movie, and he's very much a constant, as you say, he's that calm influence throughout. And and as you say, like the the story arc for him, and the the fact that he. It, it's stated at the beginning that he's afraid of the water and he overcomes that demon as well to save the town that he is attached to. And obviously then becomes 
the local hero. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's, there's that as well. And he does, he acts that so well. It, it, you yeah. buy into it. He's, he's just an everyman. Yeah. As you say, totally. he's just trying to do his best. Totally. Funny thing, I'm thinking about all three actors we've been discussing, Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus. And mm. to be very frank, even though all three of them have very long careers with various different memorable performances, I have to admit, mm-hmm. when I think of any of either of three of those actors, it's Jaws that I think of first, to be very yep. honest. Yep, I'm the same. I think of Brody, I think of Quince, I think of Hooper. Yep. Yep. It's... And it, and it wouldn't be the same without any of those three actors. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a wonderful two-hander, I feel like. I think that's what's wonderful about the movie. There's so much you can unpack from it. I mean, much more than our discussion mm. will, will have. But, like, I think that's one great about it. Like, if you just want to watch something that's fun and comfortable and going to give you a good time and you don't have to think that hard about it, Jaws... Yeah you know fits that bill perfectly but if you do want a movie that you can also really look at up close and study Mm -hmm. and examine and kind of you know tear apart to see what the inner workings are jaws also 100 Mm percent works in that way and and i think that's 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 i think that really is the mark of a great film that it can serve those two purposes of being just both entertaining and also very interesting in that academic sense of a, mm-hmm. a, of a way um uh i <laughs> okay <laughs> i just want to bring this up i want to go back okay. to the sequels real quick okay do you have any affinity or any any thoughts about the sequels i will say this I don't think any of the sequels, Jaws 2, Jaws 3D, Jaws Revenge, I don't think of them as being particularly good. That said, I do think that they are funny, entertaining movies to watch. Yes. So, like, anytime I watch them, I'm not bored or I'm not distraught by how bad they are. Even Mm. when they're really cheesy, they are, like, entertainingly cheesy. Definitely. So even yeah. if so even if like the original movie may be the only actual good movie, the sequels I are at least like a, a fun time to watch if some if they're on TV yeah. or someone wants to put it on the TV, you know. Yeah. Um if Jaws 2 is is on the TV, I will watch that one. Mm-hmm. The other two are rarely rarely on the TV. Um <laughs> but because I own uh, the original. Mm-hmm. Um which I've probably worn out by now with how often I do watch it um that's my most watched um but the second one it's I must admit you you watch it and you get that feeling that Brody has a again (laughs) and you're just (laughs) with him the whole time basically with you know your hand on your hip and the other one on your forehead going again but obviously we know it's a witch doctor now so it's all okay um <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, makes sense now everything. yeah <laughs> um and I, I, to be honest it's uh, we watched it again the other night just for me to refresh my memory because you know apparently watching it about once a month isn't often enough for me um <laughs> and i'm still noticing new things so i need to go and watch jaws 2 to see whether the the shark's demise is foreshadowed like it is in the first one um 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, yes, because for those who may not catch it, you know, in the first movie, uh, Brody's flipping through a book about sharks, and he sees a picture of a shark with a with a with the uh, oxygen tank in its mouth, mm-hmm. and then. You know, that's the end. Yeah. You know, thinking about the ending. There you go. Putting yeah. the, putting two and two together. Yeah. Huh. And also I... on the orca, when the the fastenings fail mm-hmm. and the oxygen tanks roll and Hooper's like, careful of those, they can they can explode. Yeah. And Man, that, th- just yeah. a bit more there. Yeah. Yeah. There is no wasted part in that movie, is there? No. Everything is working together and you can trace everything back to another thing and to the whole. Yep. I mean, that's just how wonderful Jaws is, yep. really. The layers. Uh, indeed. Uh, real quick, any affinity mm. for Jaws 3D? Because, of course, you are a theme park fan. We're about to get into the theme park-centric uh, talk, but Jaws 3D does take place at SeaWorld. Um, do you have any affinity for that because it takes place at a theme park? A I'll real theme park. I've only seen it once. Okay. okay. It's, it's, I think because it's it's 3D, it's never on the TV. Right. It's, it's very silly so, to watch it in 2D because it's it's one of those things miss- where the 3D elements yeah. are so bad. <laughs> yeah. You need that gimmick. And, and I, I was thinking about it, I was probably too young to see it in the cinema. Mm, okay. Well. So, <sighs> well, so I don't ever- know a lot about that one. Wow, will we ever see Jaws 3D in the intended way that the filmmakers wanted us to view it? No. Oh, wow. they should do that. Wow. I would <laughs> sit through. I would sit through all four Jaws movies at the cinema. Oh, that's true. That would be a fun time. I was thinking yeah. this too, because it takes place at SeaWorld. What if they did a screening <sighs> of Jaws 3D at SeaWorld? I would pay good money for that. I mean, what worse press can they get at this point? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could always do Jaws 5 and go back to SeaWorld and have Jaws versus Shamu. Oh, oh my God. Look, <laughs> we, we just had Godzilla that versus may be too Kong. Much. Look, look I, I mean, maybe the witch doctor is going to resurrect that shark again <laughs> <laughs> and send it after Shamu. Uh, I would look, maybe stupid, but I would watch yeah. it. I would as well. <laughs> to be honest, uh, give me sharks. Well, I was going to say give me sharks and I'll watch it, but then I just remembered about Sharknado. So, oh man, not. well that's oh. a whole other discussion. But uh, before yeah. we get into the theme park stuff, uh, do yes. you have any final thoughts on the original 1975 film Jaws? So many. <laughs> I don't think it's given enough love. I think with filmmaking today I don't think people appreciate just how good that movie actually is everybody laughs at the bad animatronic shark but this is the mid 70s that technology was actually pretty cool you know and people rag on it but that story has a lot of heart um as, as we've said, you know, it's it's a layered film. You can watch it just for the entertainment value or you can pick apart the relationships and that intricate web that is woven in Amity. Um, you know, it's... It's one of those films, if I find somebody hasn't watched it, I want to shake them and ask them what is wrong <laughs> with them. 
it, as soon as my kids were old enough, that was it. That was the movie that was put on. And <laughs> if they hadn't liked it, they'd have been sent off somewhere else. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm actually the, the type of person that, until a couple of years ago, we had a, a bearded dragon. And right. she would go for a little swim. She had a little tiny paddling pool. And she'd go for a swim every now and again in it. And it was, it must have been the 40th anniversary. So on the day, I watched it. But I had little Esme in her paddling pool. What? And she's actually watching the movie Ooh. in her paddling pool. I've got a great photograph of the shark attacking this little bearded dragon looking at the screen. <laughs> So I even yes, I even get the animals watching. That's the power Um, of the movie that both human and animal can appreciate. Just one of the all-time classic movies. Absolutely, and that that movie is what gave me my favorite animal is a great white shark because of that movie. I became obsessed with them. Wow! So yeah. So that'll be your next pet. Oh yes, please. (laughs) Could live in the bath. Oh, wonderful! Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I've got the I've got the plans. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of great white yes. sharks and trying to capture them in civilized locations, uh, let's move on to uh, the theme park talk and let's talk about Jaws the Ride. Yes. Uh, this is Bates. You're cleared for departure, Amity Six. Have a good trip. Jaws the Ride opened on June 7th, 1990 at Universal Studios Florida. Due to numerous technical difficulties, the attraction was shut down in August of the same year 
and eventually reopen with brand new ride technology and effects in the spring of 1993. It permanently closed on January 2nd, 2012, and was replaced with The Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley. Another version of the attraction opened at Universal Studios Japan on March 31st, 2001, and remains operational to this day. Yes, I miss it so much. Now, much like how we talked about first times times watching the movie, do you have memories of first time experiencing the attraction um now i know it wasn't our first trip because it was getting refurbed so it'll have been um may of 2005 the first time we rode it and i believe we only rode it once in the whole trip because we were newbies and stupid <laughs> you didn't know your way no we didn't we didn't have we didn't have a podcast to guide us that was the problem you, you, 2021, Tracy, would be very disappointed in you in 2005. I would, yes, I would be slapping myself. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I remember, I remember being so excited because obviously my favorite movie, so excited to actually experience it. Um, I actually remember it was, it was actually a, quite a dull day, weirdly enough. Mm. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Cloudy Dull and gray. Exactly. Just, just cloudy and grey. Okay, okay. So and and I think that probably added to the atmosphere of the ride as well. Sure. Um and we we'd fall in love with being on rides with with, with a live actor, because obviously you have dead actors. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> with, you, an you, a, <laughs> with an actual employee there yeah, for most of your ride experience. Yeah. yeah and yeah. That's like an, an enhanced ride. And we'd fallen in love with that. So we'd, we'd finally got this opportunity to ride it. And I remember coming off it and I was, my jaw, my jaw, my jaw was on the floor <laughs> because I'd had this immersive experience and I needed to go back on really because I hadn't taken it in. And it, I just remember going, that's, Brody's house we're in Amity and it I was there it was just so believable and I did jump I mean you know now that with Halloween Horror Nights and things I I don't jump because I'm dead inside now (laughs) but but I did jump and I screamed and I laughed and I played along and it's not just a ride, it is an experience and you're listening to your skipper and this wonderful story that they're telling you and then everything goes wrong and I actually we watched a ride through as well and the point where the gas ignites, I sat and I turned and I looked later and went I can feel that heat, I remember oh, yeah. the feeling of that blistering my skin <laughs> yeah and it, it it was just such a great experience. Yeah, it's so good. I, 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 I uh, maybe yeah. I should we should briefly kind of explain mm. this because it has been quite a few years since the ride shut down. So there's it probably has. unfortunately a large amount of people who've never experienced it. So for those who do not know what this attraction is about, you know, long story short, it is a boat ride 
uh, where you are in a boat in a actual water environment and you're uh, continually attacked by an animatronic shark and you have a, a skipper in your boat, a, as you said, an actual employee as your skipper to sort of narrate and guide you through the ride experience. Uh, it's, it's funny to think about. I was thinking about this as I was sort of gathering thoughts and notes for hmm. this episode. It's, it really struck me how unique this ride not only was when it first opened, but it still kind of is an experience that isn't mm-hmm. really replicated anywhere else. Like, yes, it's a boat ride. It's a water ride. There are many boat rides and water rides at other theme parks. But, like, uh-huh. to have also these very uh, intricate, like, dark ride elements and yep. special effects with the animatronic mm-hmm. sharks, with the gas explosion you mentioned, with the... Yep. With the real life uh, team member there as a skipper, mm-hmm. there's so many different elements that it's like, oh wow, it's it's not it you I can't unless you know I'm my mind's blanking I can't really think of another theme park attraction that is comparable. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's not like a thing where it's like, well, who cares if this one roller coaster gets shut down because there's you know another roller coaster over there, mm-hmm. or another roller coaster over there. Yeah, there really isn't another jaws experience can, there isn't can you yeah they, i can't really think in well it, unless we go to japan unless you go to japan which, <laughs> true which it's a little bit of a trek but i'm willing to do it oh yeah well <laughs> if you went to do you think that's the first thing you would do if you ever made it to universal studios japan yes like never and mind any thing. of the other and the third thing. <laughs> <laughs> like never mind any of the Japan exclusive attractions they may have. Just ride after ride of uh, the... Jaws the experience. Jaws the ride, yeah. The, there's other rides there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going solely for Jaws. My to soul you, hurt. to you, it's just Jaws. Jaws Universal Studios, basically. Yes, absolutely. I, yes. uh, can I tell you this? Cause, mm. uh, so one of the things, you know, we've been talking about getting scared by Jaws. Yeah. So one of the things that is often talked about as far as the hype and audience reaction and pop culture prevalence of Jaws, the movie is that it made people afraid to go into the water. It made people afraid to go into the ocean and swim. And to be yeah. very honest, even though that moment of, the shark crashing through the boat window scared me. The movie Mm. never really made me scared of the ocean. It never really made me afraid of getting into like, you know, head high or waist high water or anything. But Jaws the ride did put that (laughs) fear in me and not, and you know what? It even put that fear in me before I ever got on the ride. I remember as a little kid, because I I loved going to theme parks as a kid, Mm -hmm. but but before I ever went to Universal Studios, I have distinct memories of watching the TV commercials that featured Jaws, Uh uh, uh, looking at the travel brochures that had Jaws advertised, Mm -hmm. so I knew what type of ride it was, and, and I knew that it wasn't real. Like, I knew that the shark was a animatronic. I had no... I had no, uh, okay, well, it just got to be the oxymoron of it. I was not fooled into ever thinking that shark was real. 
but uh-huh. I was definitely afraid of the shark robot. So much so that no matter where I was, whether I was in the ocean, whether I was in the pool, wherever I was, I was afraid that the shark robot was going to break off <laughs> from its mechanics and then somehow swim its way to get me in whatever body of water I was uh-huh. in. So much so yeah. that I distinctly had, I remember having fears of being in the bathtub and I having very scared thoughts of, oh, uh, oh, you know what's going to happen? The shark robot's going to break off from the ride and it's going to swim up the shower drain and it's going to get me. <laughs> like, it, 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 it sounds so weird and fantastical that... I knew it was fake, and yet I was fearful of this crazy concocted scenario that it was that the robot was gonna get me in my own (laughs) bathtub. That's how scared I was of it. Completely plausible. (laughs) Uh, I mean, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I I mean, uh, I assume you never had that fear, right? My brother did. Well, he had that initial reaction, so yeah. I can imagine. I, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I think I just wanted to be a shark. All the other girls <laughs> wanted to be a mermaid. I wanted to be Jaws. You wanted to that, be the alpha predator. Yeah, that, I, I think that just speaks volumes about me. <laughs> maybe see maybe i want to maybe that is why you do not like the sand maybe it's not necessarily a phobia but maybe you do not feel natural upon the sand and it is the sea where you feel most natural maybe 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 i should i should speak to a witch doctor about this you need to speak to a witch doctor. <laughs> the witch doctor can turn you into a shark then yeah it's like huh. some weird little mermaid sort of story <laughs> Um, there was, I'm trying to think of favorite parts of this ride. Mm. Um, and I have to say this, I think also what make, well, I, here's why I also think that the ride might be a little bit more scary than the movie is because talking about how, when you watch the movie, it is on a screen, it is on, you know, there is this distinct barrier between you and the fictional world. Whereas, uh-huh. yes, you are in theme park world where everything is fake and you know everything is fake. But there is this weird primal lizard brain thinking where you are in a body of water and you see uh-huh. something that causes you danger. And it kind of can, you know, it kind of gets your nerves a nerves a tingling. It does. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the best parts of the ride for doing that mm-hmm. is... I'm trying to remember which scene it is. You cut, you've come out the boathouse, and mm-hmm. it's when you you are being stalked by the shark. And I think it's at it's around this scene, and it you 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 keep seeing the fin, but it's when the shark attacks the boat. But you actually just see that bubble of water yeah. where it doesn't actually breach, mm-hmm. and the power behind that. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know it's a ride. You know it's just a shark head on a piston. You know this, but as you say, that base it's, instinct kicks yeah. in that this is a predator coming for me. And just the use of get the physics of it must be amazing because to not breach 
the water not break the tension of the water to get that I can only yeah. call it a bubble. It, yeah. it, it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Something you know, so sorry, simple I'm get, too. I'm getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we should exp- since we brought up the technology, we should expand upon this. So mm. when in the introduction I said I did mention that it that it opened in 1990 with the opening yeah. of the overall park experience, but mm-hmm. that it did shut down a few months later and then reopened two or three years later in 1993. Yeah. So to again, long story short, uh, they made the ride, which was this you know brand new state of the art thing of like water ride plus dark ride elements and crazy advanced animatronics kept breaking down uh yeah. so, to the point they had to shut down the shut down the ride and universal sued the original ride manufacturer yeah. and then uh they brought in not only just one ride manufacturer but all these other companies with different specialized you know specialized skills and interests to like do various other parts of the ride yeah. to basically uh make it into the long-lasting attraction that we all pretty much remember yeah. Um, but if you do a little uh, dig and little deep dive into the deep history, dive, I knew you were going to say deep dive. Ah, yeah. It's, look, when, when, you, when you talk nautical, the the puns are just going to be come very swimmingly, you know. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. But to talk the about depths you plumb. <laughs> uh, but to talk about the original version of the ride, uh, hmm. to so the original version of the ride pretty much stays in pretty much stays intact with the most well known long running version of the ride until you get to hmm. the finale. Now, have you seen yes. video of the finale? Okay, so to explain hmm. to explain it to the listener who may not be familiar. In the original finale of the ride, the shark animatronic comes out of the ocean or comes out of the water, bites down on the boat you're riding on, then yes. pretty much uh, like grabs it and drags it like it kind of almost in a half circle motion until finally the skipper on board takes the grenade launcher, shoots it into the water. And then there's a bloody explosion, and you assume that the shark is dead. Kind of like the uh, finale of the original Jaws movie, where mm-hmm. it, it explodes underwater. Now, that shuts down, because apparently that finale was one of the main reasons why they had to keep shutting this thing mm-hmm. down, because that was the part that was giving them the most trouble. So, yes. when it reopened in 1993... The new finale uh, is uh, kind of a two scene. It, it kind of an expanded finale because there's two scenes. To it, it is. There's so instead of the shark simply biting down on the boat and then it explodes. First, you go by this gas station where the skipper tries to fire at the shark, but then accidentally fires at the gas station, causing the big fiery gas explosion that we talked about. Then you move yep. on to the next scene where you try to uh, get onto a dock, but then the shark attacks you. And luckily, when the shark is lunging at the boat, it happens to get a giant power cable stuck in its mouth. And because it has the cable in its mouth, it uh, fries up 
and electrocutes itself and burns mm-hmm. up, uh, much like the finale of Jaws 2. And yes. then basically uh, the very last moment is that the burned up corpse of the shark floats back up to the top. It lunges at you for one last scare, and then the skipper fires at it again to give it one last kill shot, and then the ride is over. Yes. Now It's a beautiful shark at the end. Now, I have to ask you, as a fan of all things Jaws, yes. of the two, and I, I assume you, o- so you only experienced, and probably most people experienced, mm-hmm. only the second version of the finale. Yes, sadly. Okay, I was going to yeah. ask you this. Would you have preferred the original version or do you think that the version we got we ultimately got was the better version on paper the first one sounds amazing and i really wish i could have experienced it um because that added element of terror and the fact that you know you're locked into the mouth the maw of the shark and it's pulling your boat around yeah i mean i saw yeah. the video of it and it is a very surprising moment to see it suddenly come out and then it bites down and it drags yeah. your boat it is a very surprising moment but i can understand why they replaced that because obviously that was one of the most problematic parts mm-hmm. um and the wear and tear on that was obviously already quite bad and over time it would have been quite horrendous that ride would, would have been down a lot more mm-hmm. but i do think that the original and the, the original ending was more spectacular. If that's really that doesn't sound that doesn't sound enough. I really obviously I, I really like how it is. Um it's more believable. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and you do end up with Crispy Small's jaws at the end. Mm-hmm. Um but I would have liked to have experienced the other one. I think I would have liked to experience the original too, just out of curiosity's sakes. But I think, I think ultimately, I am glad that we have the ending that we have. Um, I think I don't know. I like the the it's grabbing hard, on. Isn't it? Well, the grabbing onto the boat part is exciting, but I, from what I saw from the video, the underwater explosion with the guts even though that sounds cool on video it is it doesn't seem like the most yeah exciting ending to me like having the having the crispy shark corpse rise up at the end feels like a very satisfying ending like we beat it we did it yes you know that type of thing um and again the fact that like the ending, instead of it being one scene, is now the two scenes with both the yeah. power cable and the gas explosion. It's uh, like, oh, wow, it's an yeah. expanded thing now. Yeah, so you get um, more. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a what if, you know. It, I'm sure, it is. you know, you know, what if, you know, it's one of those things like, well, what if they had, you know, <laughs> manufactured it even better? Could we still had that original ending for all this time? But maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I know. What if they just used real sharks and trained them? Who knows? We could have had real sharks. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the (laughs) aforementioned SeaWorld has sharks just up the road, you know, just use Mm -hmm. them, you know? Exactly. They could have a part-time job, you know? Yeah. Part-time Jaws. (laughs) Part-time Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think for me, I mean, obviously going on the ride, I loved every element of it. But the 
the end, it was that call of the Marines were coming home. And it was just the, when the whole boat erupts. Yes. You've, you've got through that scene and it's it's camaraderie. It's that community spirit of we did this together and you all come off the boat as friends. Yeah, it is one of the yes. things that I think doesn't m- maybe always get talked about with theme park experiences, but that there are some moments that are transcendent, transcendent mm-hmm. because they are shared experiences. Yes. And I think that's definitely, yeah, one of those moments where it's like, yeah, you know, we're coming home and everyone can like cheer and, you know, yeah. you know, pump their fists and whatnot. I think that is, you know, it. That's why I kind of like the second ending better because it it mm-hmm. just feels like uh, you know we all did it, guys. We all we all yeah. we didn't just survive, we but we killed that son of a bee. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's also also getting the right skipper really helped as well. Yes, yes. Now here's a um, question: Do you think hmm. you could have been a skipper? I think I'd have got off script too much. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would. I would have loved to have given it a go. Um, I think actually, do you know what? I think I would have. I think I would have done a good job. I think so. I would love. Yeah. I would love to see a Tracy Mallaby guided, uh, <laughs> uh, guided jaw. Ooh, you know what? You could. Could you do that for your podcast? Like maybe a version of well, you hosted. Funny, you should say that. It's yeah, it's something that's in the works. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so keep yeah. your keep your ears uh, peeled or something. Whatever. Yeah. Keep your ears aware. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that that was something as well. When we were watching the ride through, I realised that I don't think I was ever on there with a female skipper. Hmm. I don't think I ever rode with this with a female skipper. How many? I don't times know. There, you... were, there was plenty. Yeah, how many times do you suppose you've written this, or if you can think of a rough number? Well, after 2005, there was a few years before we got back because we adopted the kids and they were quite small. Um, I think we already... I'm trying to think, when when did it close? Because there's an anniversary coming up, isn't there? Um, So it was 2005... We went back in two thousand and nine, but we've we've probably you, written it less less than a dozen times. Okay, I was gonna ask if you at least made it to double digits as far as ride through. As far as we're where we did, but we just didn't have the opportunity to ride as much as I would have liked because mm. apparently there's other rides in the park. <laughs> I have to ask, you know, I don't want to bring about. Sad memories, but do you remember your last time on the Jaws ride? I don't, because I didn't realize it was the last time. Yeah, because I remember the announcement was sudden. Like, I I don't remember what the timeline was, but I think it was only, like, less than a year, less than half a year from announcement of closure to actual closure. Yeah, it was very fast. Yeah, very Um, strange, very strange. Yeah. I was, I remember... The announcement. I was devastated. Mm-hmm. I, I had I had to go and lock myself away, and process it. I was absolutely devastated. I still feel it now. Much as I love what's there, 
I still think I would take Jaws back. Okay, I was going to ask this question because, you know, as we mentioned before, it, it the not only Jaws the ride, but the entire area around it, which was themed to Amity Island, was mm-hmm. demolished to make <sighs> Diagon Alley. Yeah. What are your yeah? If you want to expand on it, what are your what are your feelings about that? I do I do love Diagon Alley. I'm a huge Potter fan. But you took away my shark, mm-hmm. and I'm a I'm a little bit salty about it. <laughs> salty waters. <Okay>. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Um, I I mean I, I I do like how there's like the shark jaws in the record shop window, and there's obviously the single swim mm-hmm. with bow legged women. Um, mm-hmm. all sorts of Easter eggs, basically. Go Easter eggs, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I I'm actually pleased that they didn't demolish what in my opinion are the best toilets on property the best <laughs> restrooms on property uh for those who don't know uh, there is like a there's a male and female pairing standalone restrooms that pretty much stand between now Diagon Alley and Fear Factor Live mm-hmm. and uh yeah except for our paint job uh, they pretty much stay they they yep. are they have that Amity Island uh design and funny enough yep. If you walk around that area and listen to certain speakers, you can actually still hear the original uh, music loop that would play in Amity Island, which is like 70s, uh, you know, 70s hits and whatnot. Fantastic. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, it's like a, a much, much like a witch doctor sending a shark to us. <laughs> it, it, it's always haunting us if you like a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, look, I'm sure mm. when I say this, this is me 100% looking into something that is not actually intentional, but I do find it interesting. Okay, think about it. So mm. Jaws the Ride, when it first yep. opened, it's only one attraction. The area around it that's themed to Amity Island, there is no other attraction to it. This, the ride supports the land and the land supports this one single ride. And the one yeah. single ride is about this big monster. Yes. Diagon Alley. It only has one ride. And the land surrounding it is supporting that one single ride. And the ride is supporting that land. And the yes. ride is centered around a big monster. So yes. I again I I have a feeling that Universal did not intend this, and yet I find that to be some interesting symmetry with what mm. re- ultimately replaced Jaws the Ride. See, see the magic at, at play there. Mm-hmm. Witch doctor, you know, witch doctors end magic. Maybe, maybe the witch doctor yeah. needs to send a shark to you know to yeah. Diagon Alley, maybe, or at least send a shark to J.K. Rowling these days. Mm. Yep. <laughs> anyway, let's yeah. not get into that. Mm. Oh, I so I I want to bring up something real quick that I do okay. love about the ride, but I don't think it's talked about enough, and yeah. it does talk bring in something that I love about theme parks, is that I love pre-show videos. I love uh-huh. the videos that you watch in the queue on monitors, mm-hmm. and they're all they do is that they, they're supposed to you know set the scene, set the story. And keep your mind off of things so you're not bored or, you know, too tired from being in a, you know, two hour plus long line. 
Mm-hmm. And for those who did not experience Jaws the Ride, uh, when you were in line and looked at the video monitors, you were treated to a 50-minute video loop that is all That's about awesome. uh, that is all about the TV station WJWS, the local TV station of Amity Island. And long story short, I think it is one of my favorite uh, Q videos of all time. I agree. It, oh, it, it is so good. And, yes, and you can find this on YouTube. If you go on YouTube yep. and look up Jaws, Ride, Q video, or whatever, you can find this entire loop. And it is so glorious because we should mention this. The, mm-hmm. the storyline for Jaws the Ride isn't simply go on boat, shark attacks you. The setting and story of this ride is that in the real life Amity Island, which doesn't exist, but in the quote unquote real Amity Island in 1974, there were a series of real life shark attacks that then insp- that then inspired Steven Spielberg to make his hit 1975 movie. Yeah. And that since the success of the movie, all of Amity Island has become a cheesy tourist trap, trying to get people to see where Joss took place. And uh, your boat tour, the ride experience, is you're on Captain Jake's boat tours, in which you're taking a cheesy scenic route of all the most well-known scenes in Jaws, and then, of course, something terribly goes wrong. Of course. Of course. But th- going back to this Q video, I mm. love it because mm-hmm. uh, it, I grew up, and you probably grew up with this, just local news stations just having cheesy programming, cheesy TV commercials, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and WJWS is full of it it has a cheesy morning show called hey there amity it has these local commercials for uh an rv place and an electronic store and it mm-hmm. again i don't want to waste much time about it but there mm-hmm. is such glorious wonderful detail to it that yes. i recommend anybody watch it yes and and the grainy quality it has yes really accentuates it you almost could like, except for the fact that it has a, uh, I think it has a burned in logo to it from whoever uploaded it, but uh-huh. you, you could honestly show it to anybody else who didn't know any better and they mm-hmm. would think that it was just an actual block of TV programming from the 80s or the 90s. Yeah, like that's you're how right. good they pulled it off. Yeah, uh, that attention yeah, to it, detail. It is. Oh, my God. And, like, they have, like, cheesy mascot costumes and the host yep. and the spokespeople on it are just pitched so perfectly. It's mm-hmm. uh, I love it. And here's, I, I again, I just want to end it all by saying theme parks. I love Q videos. You need to put these things out in some type of official capacity, either on no digital release or uploaded on a youtube channel you need to do it because i think they are great yes i second that Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but uh i think we've talked enough i mean we can look go on never never (laughs) i know we we can't stop if we if i didn't impose some type of uh stop to it we could probably go on for 
many hours, but uh, yes, closing out this particular segment, do you have any final thoughts on Jaws the Ride? I miss it dearly. Um, I would give, hang on, which leg, which leg was bitten off the swimmer? I would give my left leg to, to ride it again. Either leg, really. <laughs> I'd give both. You know, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, wheel, there's wheelchair access on Jaws the Ride, yeah, so you can get on without any legs. It's fine. Um, I, wish, I wish I'd ridden it more. And... I'm glad that people do give it the love that they do. And it's still revered. Like that's the best word for it. It's revered. Um, and, I, and I do like the fact that, you know, we're very lucky in this day and age. We've got all this technology. We all share our memories online. And there are some you know, great communities out there. And we, you know, we do, we, we reminisce about it and share memories of rides. And I mean, one of our favorite things to do, and I didn't realize that it was... Um, a bit of a tradition for other people is right next door because you, you've got kind of like the midway, but right next door used to be a Nathan's hot dogs, mm-hmm. and there was seating right dockside, if you like. Yeah, and we used to like sit there and watch the boats come back in and hear them cheering while you're stuffing your face with these hot dogs. <laughs> and it's and even that you're not on the ride, but you're part of it. Yeah. Um, but. Final thoughts are it. It was it's it's unparalleled. There was nothing like it before. I can't ever see there being anything like it again. Um, long live Jaws. Long live really? Jaws, indeed. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Now, Tracy, we've yes. talked at length about the movie. We've talked at length mm-hmm. about the ride. So we've come to the point where we need to do our uh, wrap-up segment that I am calling uh-huh. Ride the Ride or Movie the Movie. Okay. So, so that means, Tracy, we talked yeah. a whole bunch about Jaws, the 1975 movie. Yeah. We talked a lot about Jaws, the theme park attraction at Universal. Pitting yeah. those two against each other, what is the better experience it's like asking me to choose between my children exactly. that would be easier that would be easier <laughs> that's why we call it ride the ride <laughs> or movie the movie tracy so tracy the the ultimate question for you what is your preference would you rather ride the ride or movie the movie mm. you can like them both no one's Ooh. saying that you dislike either one but when it comes to yeah you know the... mm-hmm. i think i might be giving myself a hernia thinking about this <laughs> um <laughs> i am going to go with movie the movie movie the movie now do you have any uh any particular reason why you would rather movie the movie it's a lot longer than six minutes true true <laughs> You don't have um, to wait a long line to experience it either. No, and I can rewind the best bits. And also, if you really wanted to, uh, you could uh, stitch together the ending of Jaws 2 to it, and you have the right experience. <laughs> <laughs> this, that. In fact, I was thinking I could stitch in scenes from the ride. Yeah, make the I, I ultimate... Just make, just... Jaws 5 the hybrid. 
There you go, Charles. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Look, I'm sure I'm sure Universal wants a cheap, easy way to make a sequel. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Universal. Yeah. Okay, we'll go back to that. Yeah, Universal. Yes. You just have to cut the paychecks because we've done all yep. the work for you. Yep, you can and, have it. Uh, just yeah. yeah, just do it. Yeah. We'll buy it. We'll, we'll be waiting. Yes. Tracy, this has been yeah. such a lovely time. Uh, uh, I've loved every uh, minute. Ex- yeah, I lo- I've been loving every minute too. Um, but before we end your segments, uh, before we go, um, mm. are there any projects that you'd like to plug or any social media platforms that you'd like to mention? Um, well, I suppose I'd get shot if I didn't mention the podcast, wouldn't I? Um <laughs> So yeah, um, get a grenade we... launcher to the face, basically. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lee. I will talk. <laughs> um, yes, as as we've mentioned, we are the the longest running Universal Orlando podcast. Um, so yeah, unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. If you haven't heard of us and you like the theme parks, and you'd basically like to hear people just talking crap and being idiots, that's us. Just come along, you know. Bring a beer, pull up a chair, and you know, come and have some fun. Um, you can find us everywhere that podcasts are. Uh, the main sources are um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or just go to uuopodcast.com. And our socials are the usual suspects you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those are just at uuopodcast. So come and find us, come and join the community because. We like new friends. Exactly. It's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful community. Yeah. Wonderful community. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, thank you so mm. much. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. I want to say thank you once again to Tracy Malaby for being such a great guest. A just an awesome conversation to kick off the show, to kick off the premiere episode. And I want to say thank you to you, the listener, for taking the time out to listen to this podcast. Uh, I think we're going to have a really great time. Uh, we only have uh, so many episodes to go, but uh, we have some great topics and some even greater guests to talk to. And, uh, you know, I think we're just going to have a really fun time. I need to stop saying I think. I know. I know we are going to have a fun time. And I can't wait for all of you to join me on this journey as we explore the worlds of both movies and theme parks and how they intersect each other. Um, in the meanwhile, you can follow this podcast on Twitter, and that is at TPTMPod. And you can also email the show at tptmpod at gmail.com and uh if you're feeling generous and particularly nice you can leave this show a nice rating and review on whichever podcast app you listen to and again we have many more fun conversations to be had with many more fun guests talking movies talking theme park stuff can't wait to get to it all uh but until the next episode i'll see you at the snack stand sometimes i get